Hello and welcome to What's Next, the podcast where we explore the technology of tomorrow and what it means for us today. I'm your host, Ryan Lawler. Earlier this year, Samsung Next partnered with NationSwell to launch an innovation challenge. We were looking for exceptional entrepreneurs using technology to close the opportunity gap in America. After reviewing hundreds of applications, we selected five finalists, and today you're going to hear from each of them. And at the end of the episode, we'll tell you who won. My name is Preston Silverman. I'm the CEO and co-founder of RaiseMe. The way that I got started with RaiseMe was that in 2011, I was teaching high school juniors and seniors. And so I had an opportunity to talk to them a lot about their plans for after they graduate, going to college, paying for it, uh, reflecting on my own journey, trying to navigate that process. And uh, one of the realizations I had working with my students was that even though collectively we're awarding billions of dollars every year to help students pay for college, traditionally those funds haven't been awarded until after students are supposed to have already decided whether and where to apply to college. And for many students, that's far too late to impact their college ambitions or application decisions. And as a result, a lot of talented students will check out much earlier, just assume that college over all or certain colleges aren't viable for them, even though in reality, there may be significant amount of aid to support them in their journey, or they'll realize too late in their journey that, oh, I wish I'd known this my freshman year or sophomore year as they think about preparing. And so the initial idea for Raise Me just came from asking this question of what if instead of waiting till after students have applied and been admitted to college to award the money, what if we enabled them to accrue it as they go throughout high school based on their individual progress and Hopefully that way we can create a much more transparent and empowering platform to give students the opportunity to realize their goals. At RaiseMe, we're on a mission to help all students realize their college ambitions. Uh, we believe this is one of the biggest challenges facing the country today. Uh, more and more of the jobs being created require some form of a college degree, but at the same time, the cost has been rising dramatically, which means a lot of students and families are struggling to figure out how they're going to realize their college goals. And at RaiseMe, we've built a platform that gives students the opportunity to earn scholarships and grants towards college as they go throughout high school based on their individual progress and development. One thing that a lot of folks don't realize is every year in the U.S., uh, we're awarding about $100 billion in scholarships and grants to help students pay for college. About $60 billion of that is coming directly from colleges and universities who will award those scholarships traditionally when a student is accepted to the university. And what we've done is we've gone out and we've partnered with 300 colleges and universities now that are creating programs on Raise Me and are essentially committing to guarantee uh, students' scholarships in the amount of whatever they earn on Raise Me as they reach these different goals and milestones that are aligned with college and career readiness. So as a student, you can go on the site and you can see all the different goals and milestones that as you achieve them, you'll unlock scholarships and grants from our different college and university partners. And so you build your portfolio on the site. And as you say, get an A in your math class, you'll see, you'll get this instantaneous notification. Congrats. Based on that A in, in math, you just unlocked an additional $500 towards current Carnegie Mellon, or an additional $1,000 towards ASU. And students are able to see that, that money accumulate in their account and then redeem it at whichever school they ultimately decide to go to. 
if we're fortunate enough to win, uh, there are two primary things we'd like to direct the funds towards. One is just reaching more students, letting them know about the opportunity on Raise Me. And the second is uh, continuing to build out our product and expanding it so we can serve community college and transfer students as well. This is a really large population in the U.S. that we feel historically has been underserved. And about 80% of students that uh, start at community college and tend to transfer to a four-year school and complete their bachelor's degree. But only about 20% of students are doing so successfully today. And one of the biggest reasons they cite is they can't figure out how they're going to pay for it. And another is they can't figure out uh, which of their credits are going to transfer and, and where. And so we're excited to be expanding Raise Me to serve those students um, because we think it can be a really helpful tool for them as well. My name is Fanta Gilliam, and I am the CEO and founder of Susu. So Susu is a fintech company. We're based in Washington, D.C. We're really focused on disrupting the predatory lending industry, which is a billion-dollar industry here in the United States um, that's really crippling kind of American working families. So I launched Susu a few years ago. I had been working with the State Department as an American diplomat, living in East Asia, uh, did work all over Africa, did a little bit in the Middle East. And during that time, I got to observe all the really interesting, creative ways that people were using social banking, these informal savings and loans groups, sometimes they're formally called um, rotating savings and loans clubs, how people were doing them in different countries and cultures when banks and investors are not an option. And so I started to think to myself, well, if this is a system that's working, that's helping people immigrate to the U.S. and start businesses and kids send their kids to school, what if we modernized it and scaled it for the U.S. market and mainstreamed it in a way so that everyone can use it um, using fintech? And so that's basically how Susu was born. We saw a solution that exists in the world um, that could be improved upon, and we decided to do it. There's a disconnect right now between people that need capital and the banks that have money to lend. Um, banks need low-cost deposits. Um, they need to find credit-ready borrowers. But the reality is they're denying four to five loan applicants. They really struggle to understand the credit risk profiles of underbanked and underserved communities like immigrants, millennials, minorities, America's working poor. And so what we do is we've developed a lending circle platform that helps banks do what they need to do, secure deposits, find credit-ready borrowers, but through this innovative social banking platform that we've developed – and basically, the idea is an individual can, similarly to the way you would open up a checking account or a savings account, you can open a SUSU account at your local community bank. You can customize a lending circle, invite friends and colleagues and family members to join, um, set the terms of how money is going to be paid in and paid out and the rotation of that lending circle. As um, people pay in, uh, we help them to build their credit scores. Uh, we do a lot of financial literacy and credit support services. Uh, we track their credit readiness. And um, when it's their turn, to withdraw funds, they can either withdraw money that they've saved with, with a higher interest, or they can request a secured or unsecured loan from that partner bank. And so banks love this service because we're helping them to build the credit readiness of um, customers that they traditionally walked away from. And we're also helping the customers to invest in wealth building opportunities through that bank. 
So we're using technology in a couple of different ways. Uh, we have an AI-driven algorithm that helps us to um, monitor and track people's activity in these lending circles, create credit risk profiles and scorecards that we share with the banks. And that helps them to make smarter lending decisions. So as before, without this kind of data and insights, they might have denied a loan applicant because they really didn't understand that person's ability or propensity to repay uh, their family network. And so what we do is provide them with other data points to help them rethink on uh, their lending decisions. We're also using uh, blockchain. And so the new version of the platform allows for smart contracts. And a lot of banks are concerned with um, knowing your customer and making sure you can track the funds. And so that technology really helps us to do that. And then also from the user perspective, the platform has basically been designed so that you can access it on your computer, uh, smartphone, uh, in a really easy, simple way. You know, people don't like to go into branches anymore. And so we're, we basically created some really cool mobile and web applications to, to address that. The funding would definitely help our startup. And most likely the way we'd use it is to fund some tech upgrades that we've designed and been waiting to do for a while now. So we do some really cool stuff with artificial intelligence and machine learning as well as blockchain. And we have some technology upgrades that we'd like to do. I also have some stellar teammates that I'd like to bring on full time. And so maybe some strategic hires is something we'd look at as well. Just basically scaling what we already do. At SUSU, we're always open to partnerships and collaborations. We're really looking to expand our advisory board, our network of partner banks. And so if there's anyone out there in the community that's really feeling what we're trying to do, I encourage you to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to sit down and strategize with you. My name is Brian Hill, and I'm the founder and CEO of Adobo. My father taught in Folsom Prison in California, and I remember at night he would bring home the stories and the essays of his students, and he'd read them to us like our bedtime stories. And as you can imagine, that has a, a significant impact on a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. Um, and and from that point on, just recognizing the challenges and the limitations within the criminal justice system, it was clear that something needed to be done. You fast forward the tape a little bit in my life to when I was doing a JD MBA at Northwestern. And was working on something called a social impact bond, a unique financing vehicle to reduce the population of Cook County Jail. It was in that space, stepping back into the jail setting, seeing 9,000 people in a large jail. You realize, again, that that limited access that my dad was able to provide is happening so infrequently that we really needed to scale that impact and give everyone the ability to change our lives, to truly have that correctional experience, uh, which is so is too often absent from the American criminal justice system. Adobe's mission is to improve the lives of those who are affected by incarceration. And so we do that by actually bringing in technology, wireless networks and tablets into jails and prisons that makes both education and communication possible on the inside to really improve their lives and, and give them a connection to the outside. So when we talk about bringing technology into a jail or a prison, we're completely transforming that facility in a way, giving people an outlet that they've never had before. We are literally bringing in wireless networks and access points and installing that network to make tablets available. Uh, and then those tablets, again, open up that world of Adobo uh, through a secure network. These are not your tablets off the shelf. This is um, a securitized tablet that we have manufactured specifically for this environment. It's a closed network environment, but we have curated and brought together an incredibly dynamic experience. And so they're engaging with content in a learn-to-earn environment, something that Adobe has brought to the industry, which is earning points for doing educational, vocational, and treatment or social-emotional learning content, which they can then spend on entertainment options. And so in a given day, someone might check out a tablet from a charge cart in the morning, 
Uh, it's no cost. They just anyone can pick up any tablet. They log into their platform, and then they're entering the, into the, their own world of Adovo, where they can focus on uh, the things that matter most to them. Whether that's a vocational course, and that ranges from you know coding and Cisco certifications all the way to writing a resume or preparing for uh, a food handler's permit, to core educational curriculum. Literacy is a, is a big issue, uh, but also a GED, a high school equivalency, or focus on things that may matter more to the courts and to them personally. So that would be things like uh, parenting while incarcerated, cognitive behavioral therapy, anger management. So no matter where they are, they are able to then engage with that content, earn the points, and then they can actually spend some time on entertainment. These devices are also fully capable of allowing them to communicate securely with their family at home. And that is so critical in their, in their rehabilitation. So in, in anyone's, in our lives, communication is critical. And so not only does the technology and these tablets that they, they have in their hands allow them to get access to the education and the treatment, but it also allows them to text or email or make a phone call directly to sometimes even Skype, you know, at home with their family and do so at a much more favorable uh, rates than what we're seeing in the market today. When we look at the statistics, often people are pointing to the RAND study, which shows uh, sort of a meta-analysis of how when you provide education and vocational training, you're seeing a decrease in recidivism of 43%. For every dollar you invest, you see 4 to $5 of cost savings to the taxpayer uh, because of that reduction in recidivism. But, you know, what's even more exciting to me from a rehabilitation standpoint is, is yes, that's like a long-term factor, but tr- truthfully, tracking whether or not someone fails, <laughs> whether they come back to prison, seems like a pretty poor indicator in my mind. It's one that's important to watch, uh, but we get more excited about seeing people reduce their sentence, uh, improve while they're currently incarcerated, improve the connections with their families. We, we take people who are connecting with maybe one or two family members, and because of the ease of communication now, they're, they're talking to 10 and 12 people, cousins and siblings and, and daughters. These are the connections that are so critical, not only for them and their rehabilitation, but also for repairing relationships with members who have been devastated by the effects of incarceration outside the prison walls. If we're selected as a winner, we are a tech company, and I don't know that anyone in the competition knows, but we actually run on the back of Samsung devices we have for the last uh, four years. And so the addition of the technology unquestionably will help us uh, progress the work that we have and the employees that are you know, day in and day out working on this. And when you think about the dollars, what that does for Adobo, that's launching an, an entire jail or an entire site in America. And so you know, $25,000 gives us access to changing the paradigm for hundreds of people inside a correctional facility in America. So we couldn't be more excited to be a part of it. And we, again, hope, hope we're hopeful that we can uh, walk away and use those dollars and put this to good use. My name is Xiaohua Michelle Ching, and I'm the founder and CEO of Literator. I've always been really interested in education because of the fact that I went through a lot of different schools growing up, both inner city and more rural areas. And I realized how deep the disparities were for kids going to schools just based on their zip codes. I really felt like when I was in the schools that could only really be characterized by neglect that it seemed really unacceptable and deeply disturbing that that would just be the status quo for so many of those students. It felt like when I was in those classrooms, I was being set up to fail. And so I felt very early on like it was something that I wanted to put my energy and my focus in to change. There was a huge opportunity to learn a lot by going into the classroom and being a teacher. So I joined Teach for America. I went to Oakland, California, where I taught second grade. 
And that was really where this was born, where Literator kind of came to be. And that was when I realized that policy was going to take too long. And the problems that the students that I had in my classroom were facing and the problems that I was facing as a teacher were actually really practical. And the issue, these big systemic issues were things that had a lot of really simple solutions that just didn't exist because of resource constraints or what have you. So I found a way to tackle it and realized that, you know, I was in this hotbed of technology and innovation. I was in the Silicon Valley at the same time felt so simultaneously removed from my space of education. And I had this deep desire to bring that together and try to scale something that would solve my own problem. So Literator is trying to address one of the biggest problems that is at the core of so many other systemic issues that's in education, and that's literacy. So our big focus is making sure that kids can read by helping teachers make instruction really effective and personalized for every single student. Literator is a tool that is all about guiding a teacher through the process of supporting a student on their individual learning journey. So it's a app that actually guides them while they're sitting with a student to focus especially on what is strategically important for that student. It's almost like a, a Google Maps for navigating that student learning journey and telling and prompting the teacher to look for exact skills and behaviors that are related to that student's needs in regards to their literacy development. So whereas before, you might be juggling a resource book or a textbook that might give you some insights or um, note cards that have information about that while you're also trying to watch a student read and observe what they're doing, while you're also juggling a binder and notes to try to track whatever you're seeing. All of that is really valuable. It's all part of the process. It's all necessary because otherwise the expectation is that teachers have this insight into the entire spectrum of literacy development in their head, accessible at any moment to help any student, and that's just not the case. If they're going to be really effective, they need to know exactly what the needs look like of any student at any moment. So the point of Literator is that no matter where a student is in their literacy journey, Literator helps a teacher to understand what that is and what that looks like and what to do with that student in that moment. And so we've been able to build something that is technology that actually increases and facilitates the direct instruction between a teacher and a student in that moment and builds that relationship. Reading can be a very vulnerable thing. It's a very difficult thing. It takes a lot of support in the moment. And we're trying to make sure that that's an integral part of this, that we're not removing. But simultaneously, we're allowing, through our technology and the way it's designed, teachers to take whatever they're noticing and input it into our system and capture these observations, which then we use to give reports. These reports, we're hoping, can replace this long-standing tradition of relying on testing for data or for insights on helping students. What happens is students, you know, are assessed at intervals in their education, and it's often too late for them to get the insights that they need in order to get the support that they need, right, in time. We're trying to make this a constant practice, a real-time practice where teachers are gathering these insights and getting reports and data that they need to support students in real time. You know, I'm coming from the classroom. My two co-founders are both technical. We've been able to do 
a lot, but very, very little. Even though we're in Silicon Valley, we haven't fundraised the way that other startups do. Um, so we've been, you would call it bootstrapped, right? We've funded ourselves completely up to this point. And we're at this point where we're really, really ready to scale. We've been working and engaging now 4,000 schools globally, which is awesome to be able to do with very little means. But we're really excited about the opportunity to really move that work forward at an accelerated rate and be really competitive in a, in a real market. Market, this funding will help with that in a, in a space where there's limited funding. K-12 is always hard, even on the startup side. My name is Hee Jae and I run Talking Points. When I moved from Korea to England when I was eight and I lived in what was a heavy Korean immigrant community and I saw my mom become the parent leader in the school and after school these parents would crowd around her and ask her questions around like what was the homework and when was it due what did they need to do for the field trip and how they could do what they could do to help and I saw the influence of that and my mom having all the information on me and my sister's education compared to other students. And, you know, I was one of the best students in the class, but I don't think that was me driving it. It wasn't skill. It was just more the luck that my parents could be involved in my education when other parents could not, even though they really wanted to. And I took that idea into a hackathon over a weekend in Auckland in East Bay in the West Coast, and it all snowballed from there. Talking Points is a multilingual family engagement platform that teachers and school administrators use to communicate with their families, their children's families, through two-way translation and a web, mobile and text messages. The two-way translation is enabled by artificial intelligence as well as human translators. So Talking Points helps every parent to communicate and be informed about what's going on at school, even if you don't speak English, which is the case for one in four families in the U.S. Um, for example, if you are an Arabic-speaking Yemeni refugee father, we've had that father communicate to the daughter's teacher that they haven't had any formal education in the country, but that the daughter's really bright and how asking questions on how he could help her at home with reading. And now she is no longer in remedial classes anymore and is reading in the top 10% of our class. From a teacher's perspective, imagine if you have a classroom of 30 kids all speaking different languages and you want to tell the parent how well the student is doing in the classroom, but you just have no way of doing that. And Talking Points enables this teacher to communicate efficiently, easily and meaningfully with their children's parents in their own languages through a two-way translation. Um, we've heard from teachers that we save them time, but more often than not, it helps them build those relationships relationships and partnerships that are so critical to a student's success because it means when the kids go home, they're not in a different world anymore. You're connecting the home with the school so that the children feel supported, they feel safer and more welcomed into, into the school environment. Our goal is to grow our scale by tenfold by 2020 to serve 3 million parents. And winning this competition will really help us accelerate to that growth towards our goal. And the winner of the Samsung Next Innovation Challenge is... Literator. We're excited to support Michelle and her team as they use technology to help teachers help students learn to read. 
Here are just a few words from Michelle at the ceremony where we announce the winner. I'm very honored. I think everybody up here, I feel really privileged to just be sharing space with, I think, people who are really making this huge impact in so many different ways. So I think this is great. It's a bonus that we've won, but I'm already delighted that we were included to be with you guys. So thank you. And thanks for the support from Samsung and from Nationswell. Really excited. To learn more about Literator and all of the finalists for the challenge, go to nationswell.com slash samsungnext. And thanks again for listening to What's Next. We put out a new episode every other week, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Just search for What's Next on your app of choice or go to samsungnext.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Lawler. This episode of What's Next was produced by Rachel King and Laura Flynn, with Claire Mullen as sound engineer for Pod People. If you have questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch on Twitter at Samsung Next or send us an email at podcast at samsungnext.com. Until next time. <laughs>